At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. A Friday edition of the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with you. Glad you're with us. Brought to you by BetRivers. Download the app today or get online to BetRivers.com. Baseball fans, this week, BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your home for same-game parlay bets and for bets on all professional baseball games. Create your ideal same-game parlay of over three legs and receive up to three 50% profit boosts. That's right, get a 50% profit boost when you place qualifying same-game parlay wagers this week only. Head over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers Sportsbook app for more details. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We will talk some baseball in just a little bit with Anthony Jaskolski from Pittsburgh Sports Express. But we are starting off with Anthony. First of all, Anthony, good to have you back in again. Been a while. How are you? Oh, Always fun to be in. Always fun to uh, do the show with you. Good. I'm uh, doing the triple header over at PNC Park. Got the Billy Joel one night. Going to have Motley Crue, Def Leppard the next. Going to sandwich a Steelers preseason game in between that. And then go to uh, Metallica on Sunday. This is like our uh, Woodstock 99. Well, I'm keeping up. Speaking of uh, three-headed parlays, I've got the last three legs of that four-leg parlay. I didn't do Billy Joel last night. I saw tons (laughs) of pictures from people about how nice it looked and what the scene was like. How did it sound? Sounded good. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it earlier, but yeah, I thought someone who has gone to PNC Park and is a staunch opponent against concerts at that venue because it just doesn't sound right. 
Also, Bruce Springsteen put me to sleep in the right field bleachers a couple years ago there, like maybe five songs through. <laughs> um, not really the best experiences, but last night I, I was impressed. Billy Billy was hitting them right. I mean, all what is he, 73 years old? Yeah, see, that's part of the reason why I didn't go this time is that I saw him there last time. And, hey, I'm used to being disappointed at PNC Park. We all are. We've been happening that way since 2001. So I don't even know what to expect from the stadium tour tonight. If they can get all four bands up there without COVID interrupting at this time, I guess I'll be happy with that regardless of how they sound. But Billy Joel, the last time I saw him, you know, he was scooping the harmonies. He was screwing with the melodies to keep it a little easier to sing. You know, the most impressive part about Billy Joel the last time he came through a few years ago was the cougar mom and hot daughter ratio was just through the roof. Now, I don't know if that was the case again last night, if that's that's still the target audience or not. Uh, I'll I'll warn you, by the way, I went to Greta Van Fleet uh, and Mm -hmm. Hershey when they were the headliner and Rival Sons opened. Uh, I'm a huge fan of both bands. The sound that you're going to hear from Greta Van Fleet is going to be like a Taylor Swift concert. It was a Taylor Swift crowd at a rock and roll show. It was 55-year-old dudes and then 19-year-old girls who like treat these kids like they're pop stars. It was very bizarre to be down on the floor for that one. Wow. Sounds like a lot of daddy issues up there. But <laughs> I don't... Uh, I, you know what? You're right. That crowd for Billy Joel was like... I'd say I walked around at the club level... You know, got a little uh, glimpse of all that, and and from I would say pretty much what you were explaining with Greta Van Fleet is what what happened uh, at Billy Joel last night. There were a lot of young girls and a lot of old men. Yes, and not necessarily together. That's not what I was saying. Right. That's not what I was inferring. I was just saying that the crowds were mixed, not necessarily within those demographics, but the two <laughs> demographics were starkly different and equally populous in the crowd. And I'm really interested to see how that's going to go for Metallica because there will be a segment of the Metallica audience that wants no part of Greta Van Fleet and there will be a Greta Van Fleet segment of the audience that doesn't care if they stick around for Metallica. Yeah, that's a a really good point. Well, you got a whole... um... I forget the opening act that's going to be before Greta Van Fleet. Is it like Tech Nine or something like that? It's not that it sounds like that. It's one of those kind of names, but it's also one of those. Uh, oh God, it's like a it's like a Seven Dust type band. Oh, if you're familiar with them, okay. So it's a little more punky, uh, if that's a if that's a term, it's a little more punk, I guess. And um, I think you're gonna get a whole different mess of people there. So you're gonna have this confluence of of uh, of probably women aged from 19 to all the way up to what 60. I feel like it's going to be just run the gamut at a show like that. Not so much today where I think you're going to get a much older crowd or, to, or tonight with Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Yeah, I'm going to give myself the over on this. I'm going to, I'm going to go over three and a half. I think I'm going to make it through all four bands. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'll give myself that. I've never seen Def Leppard. I've seen Motley Crue once. Yeah, uh, see, that's, that's part of it. Is, and do we yeah. know if Motley's closing because they've been flip-flopping? Is this a Motley closes or a Motley is third? Who's, who's up know, third in the batting order? Who's batting cleanup? That, that's a great question because I looked at that. Yeah, they've been, it's like they're flipping a coin. Um, and and uh, apparently the last couple shows, it's, I guess it's – People think, you know, like listening to Vince Neil, you can hear him getting fatter. So <laughs> I don't know if he's, you know, it's a nice, cool night. Shape. So maybe they can wheel out Motley earlier, <laughs> you know? 
You know, I, I would just think that the what? set is hardest to get up there for Motley Crue. Like, you know, does does Tommy still spin around in the cage? They still do that routine? I heard, yeah. I heard it's a whole freak show still. Right. I mean, they're still they're still trying to act like they're 80 selves. You know what? I always say when I saw after a pirate game, Huey Lewis get up there, almost die of heat exhaustion, pass out, and still belt out songs and then checked himself into agh afterwards uh if he can do it vince neal can definitely yeah, do huey it. lewis i want a new drug and that drug is pedialyte okay <laughs> uh, anthony jaskulski all right let's get to the middle event of the weekend steelers versus seahawks how are you betting the preseason i love the under it somehow mm. went up to 36 and a half it yeah. went up to 36 and a half after geno smith was named the starter at least I think, or maybe it went up to 36 and a half because, well, you know, I actually take this the other way. You know what? It The line probably should have corrected back down to 33 and a half because I don't know if Artie Burns is going to play. And if Artie Burns ain't playing, <laughs> it's going to be harder for the Steelers to score points. <laughs> oh, Artie Burns. Oh, man. You know what? Artie Burns, he is, he, he, he can move that damn dial by six points. I mean, he's just a legend out there. Um, no, but they're talking about him like he's Mel Blunt in Seattle for crying. Oh, this Artie Burns, he could be a diamond in the rough. The Bears didn't think so. The Steelers didn't think so. I, uh, I mean, that, Tim, we're talking about one of the ultimate busts in Steelers history, are we not? Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. I mean, come on. Sometimes it just doesn't pan out. But you know what? Hey, Bears fans are saying the th- same things to us right now. You know, not with Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, hey. You know, everybody always wants to – we always want to say, oh, man, that guy, you know what, he's going to get his stuff together. He, he was a number two overall pick. But, you know, sometimes you can get those things wrong. <laughs> sometimes you're just simply wrong, and it doesn't pan out that way. The one thing but, I'll give Trubisky so far – well, actually, I'll, I'll give Trubisky two things so far that I'm withholding some analysis on from what I've seen at camp. Number one is – he's been limited in who he's been able to throw to against the first-team defense or whatever uh, iteration of the first-team defense that is. And frankly, the first-team defense, all it needs right now is T.J. Watt because he's treating training camp like it's the AFC championship game or something. Maybe he thinks he'll never get to an AFC championship game, so this is his big chance. I don't know. But he's been wrecking plays against the first team and Chooks. But um, you don't see him a lot of the afternoons having a full complement of weapons. Johnson's had the hold in his, and been injured. Claypool's been injured. Fryermuth's been injured. Najee Harris has been injured. So I give him a little bit of a sliding grade there, and also because he's at least trying to hang in the pocket and make the throws. He's at least trying to hang in the pocket and let the play develop. He's not scrambling. And when he does run, he can run. And we don't really get a taste of that part of his game in training camp, do we? And I'm glad you said that because, yeah, right, right off the bat, that's the first thing that I think of, at least that I remember, of Mitchell Trubisky in his days at Chicago that was his biggest problem, and that's not hanging in the pocket long enough. You know, not letting plays develop, getting those loose feet and starting running around and making awful passes, and that turns into having one of the worst interception to touchdown ratios, you know? Um but you're right. There's a more calm, patient guy. But again, I mean, what can we take out of camp? You know, uh, it's a big grain of salt. I always look at those plays and say, all right, he would have been sacked on this. He would have been sacked on that. Okay, I got to throw this one out. Yeah, you know, these there are some really nice passes being made. But 
of course you can take your time in the pocket when you're a training camp. Getting into an actual game against an opponent's a different story. Um, I think that there's maturation in Mitch where everybody else is noticing it and where we are, you know, where where you and I, we interview the guy, right? He seems like it's just a a stand up mature guy. Uh, He looks like a natural born leader. Everyone we talk to says the same thing about him, right? This guy's a leader. So he's got that. The intangibles are there, but I think we already knew that. I think we knew that he had that. He, He had that brain. It's just about what you can do physically. And again, I think he's making decent passes. You know, his his uh, day up at Latrobe was really nice at Latrobe Stadium. That is, um, I there, there there's times where it's like, oh, what the heck's he doing there? You know, it's a mixed match of things. But again, it's camp. I, I can only take it with the tiniest grain of salt with a quarterback. I love unders in early preseason games. I'm going to go under on this one. I don't really know who to pick. Mm. They're so similar in terms of their uh, quarterback problems, maybe withholding the star running back, the star receivers. Um, I don't know where to go on picking the game. Do you have any strategy that you apply across the board, home team, road team, uh, better team from last year, worst team from last year. What, what do you tend to do when it comes to picking preseason games? Uh, always take the Baltimore Ravens on the money line because <laughs> last night twenty one in a row, twenty one in a row. So I don't know if Harbaugh's just rallying those guys up in there, telling them, "Listen, if you lose this game, you're all cut, every one of you. I'm done with y'all." And they just come out there fired up like it's. Um, like it's the last game in varsity blues or something. I, I, John Boyce running off in the sunset, but they're the winners. Uh, this game, Tim. Yeah. Hey, 36. Were, or, or it, so it was 33 and a half. And, a half, and a- now we're sitting three points higher, 36 and a half. Usually when you see that happen in preseason, you go the opposite way. Uh, so I would take under, they're giving you an after field goal right now. 36 and a half. Think about the quarterbacks that we're going to see. So we'll, we'll see. That's Gino just Smith. it. It's like, I, I think they did that when it was not Drew Locke. So right. <laughs> what does that say right. about what, where, where the money thinks Drew Locke is, right? No, exactly. So we're going to see. Okay. So what? We're going to get a decent amount of snaps with Geno Smith and, and Mitchell Trubisky, probably. I'd say what? What do you think? A couple series, right? Yeah. Probably two, maybe three series. You're going to get Mason in there a good bit, and he's obviously the most experienced out of the rest of, out of the rest of this crew. You're going to get Kenny Pickett a lot in the second half, but then you're going to be looking at the other side. Yeah, you got Drew Locke and Jacob Eason out there. Uh, you're going to be breaking in a couple of rookie running backs. Kenneth Walker's going to make his debut. Um, I don't think you're going to see much of guys like DK Metcalf. Uh, maybe you'll get a series out of Chase Claypool. You know, we're not going to obviously we're not going to see Najee. We're not going to see much of the weapons. I, I would say one of the most is the most highly touted receiver they have is, you know, George Pickett. We're going to see a good yeah. bit of him. And we'll see a good bit of Calvin Austin speed. Um, so with all that being said and everything that the Steelers have now, again, that offensive line, is very, we all know we've, we've all been there watching it. That, that, that second team offensive line is very suspect. But that second-team defense for the Seahawks is almost non-existent from what it looks like. Um, So, really, I think the easiest play of them all is just to take the Steelers minus three and a half. I'll probably lean that direction, too. Uh, You have to talk me into Seattle coming across the country to play in a preseason game to win it. And I 
I don't, right. you know, like there's, there's nothing about this that's so disproportionate in Seattle's favor that I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to pick the Seahawks in this one. So yeah, I tend to go with the Steelers. I go with the no. under and sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, well, yeah, and you're not going to – I think it's really easy. I think it's really plain and simple because, I mean, you're going to get Kenneth Walker again. This is a guy that's going to be breaking in. Uh, DJ Dallas, I'm not really impressed with that. I think Travis Homer's probably going to get a couple rushes too. Um, you've got so many question marks in their receivers category. Freddie Swan, I think, will not play. Um, uh, I don't think we'll see much, if anything, at DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, probably the same thing. But you got question marks on D. Eskridge. You got Marquise Goodwin's probably not going to play. You'll have guys like Cody Thompson and Derek uh, Young, Penny Hart, <laughs> you know, and Drew Lock and Jacob Eason's going to be throwing that ball to them. I think it's just really easy to just say, wow, the Steelers are going to pound these guys. You know, I, as I said at the outset, I'm always about taking the under in preseason games, especially early on. But they're screwing with me with this L.A. versus L.A. game, aren't they? 29 and a half in any I, NFL game? Like, 16-15, you cover. <laughs> you know, so, like, I, I got to take the over in that one. I tend to completely, completely stay away from something that's that obnoxiously low. Um you're giving yourself no wiggle room there. Like, you know. Literally. Nothing. One one extra field goal at the horn at the end of the second quarter from a kicker who's going to be bagging groceries in a week. You know, like one snap over the punter's head for a safety. And all of a sudden, you're going to lose the game. And you, you could be on it the whole night. <laughs> and like I said, it could be 16-15 because of a safety over the punter's head and you're going to lose. So, you know, I, I got to go over on that one. That one also kind of stared me in the face. Well, I mean, there's a couple of them that are out there, Tim. Yeah, I mean, uh, 30 and a half you see on Miami and Tampa. Um, 31 and a half for Dallas and Denver. I kind of um, like Miami. That's another game ugh. that struck me just because, well, it's Bridgewater, right? Bridgewater's going to yeah. play for Miami because Tua doesn't look like he is. And then, what is it, Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. I'm sorry, I did not buy the Blaine Gabbert as a great backup quarterback hype last year. No, no, I'm not too hyped up on uh, Blaine Gabbard either. I mean, when I look at games like that, I mean, the Steelers and the Seahawks are easier for me. Uh, I mean, it, it, simply because, you know, we're, we're spending all our time up in Latrobe. We're watching this team. We got a little bit of a pulse on this. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts, Tim, obviously, in preseason football, more than any other sport in any time, in any part of their season. Because there's just hundreds and hundreds of guys that you got to rifle through and figure out, okay, who's going to play, you know, who's going to get the divisional later here? How much, how many snaps is this guy going to get compared to how much snaps are going to be given to the other guy on the other side of the field? It's too much to figure out. So really, when it comes to preseason, if it looks so absurd, like 29 and a half, and you feel like you just, you know, like that's just a hyperbolic nonsense, and you got to take the over, and you want to watch something and, and just hang out and do it, fire away. But hone in on one game like we did with the Seahawks and Steelers here and know that you've got yourself a pretty yeah. solid pick. Do I your mean, homework, you, find out who's right. in, who's out. You know, you can get a little mind-numb doing that for every team and trying to split hairs. Like, for instance, here's one that crossed – I want to go back to the Tampa game mm-hmm. against the Dolphins. Like, theoretically to me – I feel like the coach who's coaching his first game, like in Miami, is going to take it very, very seriously, even though it's a preseason game. Like, he'll go the Harbaugh direction, 
But, you know, Todd Bowles, even though it's his first game coaching the Bucks, mm-hmm. it's not his first game with the team. And it's also not his first feeling like I got I to gotta get a read on these guys. And he's also been a head coach before. So, you know, which way do I lean on that? Do I lean on the experienced coach who, you know, just through the fluidity of play calling and running a staff and getting plays in, like that's going to be on their side? Or do I look at it and say, okay, the coach who's coaching his first game is going to be really buttoned up and really attention to detail and mm-hmm. really focused all week in practice? Like, I actually tend to lean towards the latter, in this case, the Dolphins. I like the under in it, personally. So, I, so I you're like not that. down with 29 and a half, but you are down with 30 and a half? I'll take that 30 and a half. <laughs> I will. 30 I mean, the big I, number for you, huh? Well, Tim, I mean, those two L.A. teams are terrifying. I don't know what I'm getting out of that, but we've got two new coaches here, like you said, right? Um, We've got two offenses that I just do not think will not click at all because they're not going to – well, obviously they're not going to have their first teamers out there, especially Tampa Bay when they don't even know when Tom Brady's coming back because he's out on a family vacation right now. Um, There's there's so much – there's so many things up in the air. There's so many moving parts with these two teams. And like you said, you got two brand new coaches. And you know what happens a lot of times when we see a brand new coach out there for the preseason? They go hardcore on that defense. Yeah. That's where they start. We always focus on that defense first. So with two new guys out there and offenses that you know 90% of those guys aren't going to be out in the field in week one of the regular season, um, you know, going into the second quarter, that is. Um, I would say, yeah, this is like a nine to six game. This is just going to be a field goal game. This is just going to be let's pull and plug, put in all of our pieces and dominoes and chips into that defense, see what works, because that's where we're starting. How do you feel about Bears and Chiefs? Like the Bears getting a point and a half. The Chiefs, you know, they're going to go into this. We don't need preseason. We just need to yes. win the tough division. The Bears. You know, I saw the, and I want to get your opinion on this too. I, I talked about this on the City Cash yesterday. The Bears right now are the favorites to finish fourth in the NFC North, like behind the Lions, uh, at like minus one fifty six or something like that, one fifty seven, for the exact order of finish. There are guys who are going to be desperate to try to win jobs. There are jobs to be won on that team. So I kind of like the Bears getting a point and a half. Uh, that's a game where I don't hate the over at 37 and a half, uh, but I do like the Bears, and I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that NFC North thing. Like that, it, it was plus money. I think it was plus 155 to get the Bears in third place, and I'm just not buying the we love Dan Campbell and the Lions and how stuff because they're on hard knocks. How about you? <laughs> well, if it had to do with. Uh with a coach that jumps in on the drills and does ups and down, up downs and everything, gassers, then I guess the Detroit Lions are the uh, best team in the NFL. I think there's a little bit more than just pregame speeches and yeah. uh, hard-nosed mentality from your former Texas A&M linebackers. But, um, hey, good for him. You know, you would you want to see the Lions change it up. I mean, I, I, I am a fan of the underdog at all times, so I would love to see the Lions Well, technically, based on the numbers I just gave you, the Bears and Lions are both underdogs all yeah, the time. So. they're both underdogs. Exactly. No, no, you're right, but I mean, hey, come on, let's be serious. Those, those, those Lions, the fact that we saw 
probably one of the worst NFL performances since leather helmets when they tied against yeah. the Steelers at Heinz Field. That was absolute atrocity, a crime towards football. Yeah. Those, but, um, those late fourth quarter moments in overtime, oh, the nonstop God. attempts for both teams to give the game away to the other was nauseating. I, I'm a fan of uh, Justin Fields. He's still such a well, What's his story for you know? the game, Justin Fields? Have you seen Well, he's he's definitely going to get at least a series. Uh, and that's probably it. But you've got to understand for this game. Now, when we're talking futures, Tim, I have to jump off the subject too too far ahead. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I like the Bears to finish in, in front of the Lions. Yeah. I, I think the Bears I like are good. I like that bet a lot. I think they, they've got – enough parts to make some noise, especially on that defensive side. I really think Justin Fields is going to finally come into his own. Um, but when we're looking, you know, much more closer at this preseason game, they they don't have anybody. David Montgomery's out. Brian, Byron Pringle's out. Jones is out. Uh, Cole Komet's out. I think Ryan Griffin, Nikhil Harry, all these guys are out. Uh, almost all their I, – I think David Moore, who's like one of their third-string slot receivers, is even – I don't know – who who's gonna be going out there for them? I mean, they're gonna have to be pulling uh, receivers off of the off the shelves to to even field this game. And you know what quarterbacks are gonna have here? Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman. Woof. Oh. I mean, if we take anything from Nathan Peterman's fourth quarter performance against the Steelers at Canton last year, I guess he's a pretty solid, you know, <laughs> run him down the field and score late kind of guy, but. I don't know if I trust the Bears again, Tim. That's another underplay for me. What else? I'd anything else uh, sort of um, either futures-wise that's really caught your eye or anything on the preseason that you're looking at? I I have been a fan of the Bengals on the futures because I think they're going to win the North, mm-hmm. and everybody seems to be more on the Ravens, and I think overshooting on the, the Browns. I think the Browns uh, are good to get plus money, finishing last beneath the Steelers. How about you? Well, think about this, Tim. We always, and I'm going to brag about this till the day I die, because um, I played it that day too. But when we did the uh, show together, right before the Ravens and Bengals played, um, I think it was week six, and I said, just take it. Do everything you can do. The deed to the house, the car, everything. Just throw it all on those bangles because they are going far. This team is hot. And what did they do? All because they heard my words on your podcast. So they just rallied off uh, how many wins in a row after that. It was incredible. They went from, I think, plus 12, plus 1,300 at that point to win the AFC North. And maybe five weeks later, they're minus 300. It was incredible. Um, we jumped all over that, but I don't buy the hype so much this year. I saw that right now the slight favorite to win the AFC North is the Ravens, and I think that's the accurate favorite right now. Um, I'm not saying that that was just a one and done from the Bengals. I just feel like they're not going to perform at that kind of tempo again, especially with that defense. I think the best play in the AFC North is just taking the Steelers over seven wins. It's dropped down to seven. All I waited for was that hook to drop off because I think two weeks ago, Tim, at the majority of the books, it was seven and a half. Now we're at over seven minus 125. I I don't think there's a, there's a universe where the Steelers finish under seven. I think it, the best you're going to push on that bet. 
I think they're an eight-win team. I think they're eight and nine, so I don't feel as confident as you do. I but do that's, feel that's still over seven. It, it and, is, and quite but easily. You know, I, I guess, yeah, because, yeah, because you could push. You're right, because conceivably it's two games. Right. That was a huge hook. You're right. I and I hadn't really paid that much attention to that this week. I was kind of looking to see how that would be by the end of the preseason. But um, yeah, if they show out in the preseason and Trubisky looks better in game action than he does in practice, and that starts mm. to go up, and you get in on seven now, I, I'll say this: now is a good time to get in on the Steelers. Now that it's yes. down to seven. Now, if you're going to do it, then do it right now. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's one of the best, honestly, because you know me. I, I mean, I look at the look at the lens through the entire NFL, not just locally. We're, we're going globally here, and that is one of the best investments you can make going into the season. I mean, Tomlin is a guy who rallies these kind of teams around themselves anyway you know i think right there alone you get two wins out of that that i and when you're looking at this defense yeah you know what it's weak right now a corner i i don't have that much confidence in levi wallace right now i don't think he's left us enough confidence this camp in him uh we really haven't heard much of akella witherspoon um you're probably going to have arthur millett out there in the uh uh, nickel slot, and I don't know how confident people feel about that. You know, Carl Joseph is a guy that's working his way into that secondary right now, but you still got a really, really solid defense. You can't be perfect everywhere. I, I, I think Cam Sutton's fantastic on the right side. Um, you're you're going to have Minka out there, and, and honestly, that's at the end of the day, that's going to be the one of one of the best, if not the best, safeties in the league. He sure is paid that way. I think Terrell Edmonds is going to come into his own too. And you're, I think the big question is, can you stop the run? But you got Tyson Alu-Alu back, right? I think that Chris Wormley's really worked his way into that role. I think uh, Cam Hayward's going to do what he does. And Larry Ogunjobi there, that's a huge addition. I mean, that's just massive. As long as he can stay on the field and stay healthy, he's finally taken those reps. Um Starting last week and probably going into this next week, he's, he's taking reps with the first team now, so... This is a really good defense, Tim. And you know what? We're going to be seeing. Well, a I think ton it's star that. heavy. I don't know how good it is. I, I'm not with you on the depth. I, I don't buy the depth as much as you do. I think there's more than last year. Okay, uh, let's not say I'm buying the depth completely. Let's say I'm not throwing the house on it. But I think there's more to it than we saw. There, there has to be more to it than we saw last year, especially on that front line. I think we Ogun, Joby potentially, yeah. I think Chris Wormley and Louder Milk. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that, that that there's a lot of growth that needs to be there, right? There needs to well, be a lot well, of growth. I think you know Wormley has a career high in sacks at seven and a half. And, and oh, by the right. way, if you want an individual total, if you can get anything on Chris Wormley under six and a half sacks or something, take oh. it. Take it. Oh my God! But and, you know, absolutely, he has a career high in sacks. And they go out and they draft a guy in the third round and they go out and they get Ogunjobi. And, you know, he hasn't moved up the depth chart at all. If, if anything, he's moved down. I mean, what does that tell you about what they thought about how he played against the run last year? No, no, you're right. I, it, it, it tells you a lot. It really does. And, but you, you peel back layers on that and you see what kind of situ- what. It's just what was he playing in last year? What made last year different into coming into this season? I just feel like there's going to be so many more options 
this year as opposed to last. I feel like it's going to be a little bit more. It's not going to be laissez-faire with Tomlin in the defense. You know, obviously, uh, Austin, of course, is going to have to answer to coach at the end of the day, but I really feel like it's going to be a well, lot yeah, more looser. How, how many people does he have to answer to? Does he have to answer to Flores, too? Well, yeah, man, the, the chain of command is going to be very interesting, but it's not going to be a Keith Butler-style defense, right? Don't you think that was a little bit of an issue last year? Yes. I mean, yeah. and then we didn't we didn't get to see Matt Canada at all because it was Ben Roethlisberger's offense. I think there was a lot of issues with that chain of command last year, and that's what caused a lot of the chaos and destruction at the end of the day. I feel like it's just a little bit more less chaotic and better put together this year. At least, Tim, enough to get you eight wins. Because, trust me, you will not hear me toting the horn uh, of saying to take this team – what is it, plus 900, plus 1,000 for them to win the AFC North? I never in a million years think that. All but right. This is, they could do it. They could get to eight. Let's get to uh, one or two baseball items before we wrap up here, Anthony. Again, Anthony Jaskolski from Pittsburgh Sports Express, brought to us today by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Will you take the Pirates in any of the three games this weekend? Because I will not. <laughs> <laughs> they got Radone and they got Logan Webb the first two nights. Um, they're at well, minus two seventy eight. I mean, the Giants are three games under five hundred and they're minus two seventy eight to win. Like they're they're like a game or two over five hundred right. at, at, at uh, Pac Bell, and they're minus two seventy eight <laughs> against the Pirates. <laughs> well, all right. Here's the one thing I say about this: in in the Pirates or any underdogs defense. When it comes to August, well, late August slash September baseball, um, this is the best time of the year. The dog days of summer. This is the best time of year to take underdogs. They statistically hit more frequently um, because it's just as simply put, these underdog teams really have nothing to lose. So you're mixing and matching. You're throwing things at the wall. You're putting fresh players out there. Whereas a team like the Giants, who's clearly, well, I don't know if they're in much of a pennant run right now, but or a division run, but they're certainly in a wild card run. Um, they're keeping those same faces out there. They, they really can't stay as fresh as these teams like the Pirates that have nothing to lose. Um, so that makes – a team like the Pirates, maybe not tonight going against Carlos Rodon, because that just sounds like a lefty disaster for the Pirates. But um, that makes a plus 200 or higher play that much more valuable. Um, I don't trust Bryce Wilson against Carlos Rodon at all. I would maybe take the over in this game. Where are we sitting at with that now? We got... Oh, hold on. Let me bring it up. I just uh, jumped to something else here. So yeah, you know, we only got the odds here. I don't know why they're not showing us our... Uh... No, I, I got the uh, I got the over-under on this one. It's down at the bottom. I got to remember it's the last game. It's seven and a half. Here we go. Seven and a half. We got seven and a half. And you know what? We're sitting at plus 100 in some books on that seven and a half. Um, this is the kind of game that's supposed to tell you, oh, it's going to be three to one, four to one, because that's what the Pirates do when they go out west for whatever reason against competitive teams. They keep it under and they score just enough to somehow win. Like when they swept the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, they always give the Dodgers hell. I mean, they're, they're giving teams in California hell all the time. But um, I take over in this one. I think Bryce Wilson is going to get lit up pretty hard, but I don't think it'll be as disastrous as we think it'll be with. Uh, that lineup going against a, a pitcher like Carlos Rodon. Do we take Josh Bell, the homer against the Nationals, at plus 430? 
I hate taking those bets. Um, <laughs> I think it's Come just on. so. But that one just <laughs> reeks, right? That, that one reeks. <laughs> I think it's just so damn hard. Aside from taking Aaron Judge to hit a home run at PNC Park on day two, <laughs> when we all knew that was going to happen, I would have probably taken that plus 100. Oh, I just hate those. You know what I like, Tim? Here's what I would say instead, because it's better. It's still really decent value, and um, it's much more practical. Team or, or player total bases, and I believe Josh Bell's sitting at one and a half right now for total bases. Okay. Let's let's say that he is. I have to go back and find it again now. Yeah. And odds are it's going to be, because yeah, it's so hard to rifle through all that. They offer so many damn props out there now. It's crazy. Um, I think with that one though, it's way more practical because hey, all you need is a leadoff double. You know, you need you need two Josh bases. Josh Bell now. over one and a half bases is paying out at plus one twenty three. Bingo. So there you go. Right. And we got ourselves we got ourselves a hot doubles hitter lately too. I like that. So. That's good advice. I do like that. All right, so I'll go with that one. Uh, I will not go with Astros minus 335 tonight. Not after they lost at minus 315 with Verlander the other night against the Rangers. You're right. Listen, they got I tried, the A's tonight, I, by the way. The A's are plus 275 underdogs in Houston. I will preach. I will preach so hard to people. Just please, please do not do crazy four or five team parlays with heavy juice. Really, anytime, but especially at the tail end of the season, for reasons that I just said. Sometimes the favorite just does not show up. They're not there that day. There's 162 of these games. They're not going to be there and checked in for every game. You can't just listen to the um, to those odds and say, "Oh my God, they're minus 300. They have to win." It just doesn't go down that way. I think one of the more practical plays is. Um, the Texas Rangers tonight at home, plus 135 against the Mariners, who are really going to start cooling off here and coming back down to earth. Uh, George Kirby's a very vulnerable pitcher right now. My bet on the Cardinals-Rockies, over 12 at mile high, Coors Field, whatever. Uh, got Ugh. the 14. They did it. They got there. Jeez, um, wait. So were you on the game where, uh, what was it? Uh, the Rockies won 12 nothing. The first was the first game out there. Uh, no, I was on. I was on Quintana beating him. Okay, that okay. one I had. That one I had. He didn't pitch great. Not as good as the first game that he had against the Cubs, but he pitched all right. Now there's an over game for you tonight too. Speaking of Cardinals and all that business, Jordan Montgomery versus Eric Lauer. That's an over game for folks. Yep, that's a real nice over game. All right, Anthony, uh, enjoy the four-leg parlay this weekend. Thanks for taking the time, and we'll do it again uh, maybe towards the end of the preseason or sometime in the regular season, all right? Absolutely. Hopefully we don't lose on the hook of uh, Vince Neal just not showing up and (laughs) really blowing in the fourth quarter for us. (laughs) Anthony Jaskulski from the Pittsburgh Sports Express. This is another edition of the Pittsburgh CityCast, and it's brought to you by BetRivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com.